0: Alright. So, uh, we are smack dab in the middle of the holiday season. And, uh, we're thinking about buying gifts. That's what we do, we, uh, buy our Christmas gifts. We've been through Black Friday, and Cyber Monday, and Cyber Week, and all the other little sales gimmicks they have out, and trying to get the ads out, and trying to get people into the stores, and wrap those presents, and fill those stockings. So we're going to look in today a little bit about giving. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to gather in your house once again. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to preach your word today, Father. We thank you to for allowing us this opportunity. We ask you to just open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father, and just take myself out of the way and just let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, uh, we're going to celebrate the, the birth of, of Jesus. You know, nowhere in the Word does Jesus ever say that we should celebrate His birth, um, and that's something that as man decided that we needed to do. And actually, there's a a, a big long history on uh, of our Christmas traditions that we're not going to go into today. And um, one thing as these traditions is that we give gifts, and uh, we know that we have seen that Jesus receives gifts during His birth, and So people kind of loosely use that interpretation to give gifts to one another as a representation of Jesus. Now, uh, so that's why we give gifts. So let's look at some of the gifts that we'll be giving this holiday season. Now, um, if you uh, attend maybe a, a Christmas party... You know, maybe they do one of those white elephant things, or maybe you have like an office party or something like that. Uh, you might have to buy a gift to participate. Back whenever you were in school, they had their little Christmas parties, and you would you'd buy gifts for a boy or a girl. And uh, they're kind of a, a faceless gift, because you don't know who their hands are going to wind up into. You don't know who's going to receive them, who's going to end up with them. So, we don't necessarily put a lot of... Thought into a gift like this. Most of the time, there's a, a money cap on it, which you know, would fall into a certain thing. It's just, it's a faceless gift. There's not a lot of meaning to it. And then we have to buy gifts out of obligations. You know, there's people that we're going to be involved with, and we know that we have to exchange gifts with them, so we, we get a, an obligation gift. And uh, it's, again, it's something we may not put a whole lot of thought into or anything like that. It's just something that we give. You know, they came up with this uh, saying that it's not the gift, but the thought that counts. And it's for situations just like these, when we may not put our all or a lot of thought into giving a gift. So when the person is a little bit less than enthusiastic about what they received, it's not the gift, but the thought that counts. And then times we uh we buy gifts to give to others because it might be something that we want. Or it might be something that we're going to get to benefit from. Like you um, might buy your wife the latest, greatest cooking device. And guess what? Now you're going to benefit from that because you're going to get to receive the food that came out of it. Or Wives might buy their husbands a nice new cool toolkit in hopes of getting some of the things done on that honeydew list. We also buy things that we, we like so we can see how they work, how well we would like to have one ourselves to get to experience it. And then we have, um, we buy gifts. Because we want to receive praise from the person that's receiving them. Because they're a grand gesture. They're something special. And it's like they open it up and it's great. And it's like, ooh, thank you so much, so much praise. And then um, we also, we buy gifts that are heartfelt, we know this person, we know the kind of things they like, they know the kind of things they enjoy, and, you know, it's a lot of times you see something in the store and it's like, well, that's just perfect for this person because they would enjoy it so much, they would get such juice out of it, and we want to see them happy. We want to see the smile on their face when they open it up, we want to see the smile on their face when they use it, we want to make them happy. And any of you who have kids know what that's like. Because this is a time of year when they're looking and wanting and seeing. And they have all these things that they want. And we want to do for them because we want to make them happy. It seems like every couple of years there's always that one hot item. Think about the, the Cabbage Patch dolls. Think about Tickle Me Elmo. The, uh, hatchables. Um, anytime Nintendo releases a new gaming system. And there's a, a lot of hype that comes behind certain items. They become where the demand cannot meet the supply. And, um, it's oftentimes a, a big joke. Uh, there was a, a TV show on the other day and they portrayed the Mad Rush. We've seen the lady, she gets cut off in the parking lot, and someone steals her parking spot. Then she goes in, she's almost trampled through the door. She's hurrying to the display because she wants that special sought-after child, toy for her child, and someone snatches it right out of her hands. And we can laugh and joke about this, but it's also happened way too many times in the course of real life. This is the example of art imitating life because people will go to extreme measures to get something that is hyped up. The latest greatest thing has been the Popeyes spicy chicken sandwich. where people's willing to wait in line for over an hour and much violence has incurred when people thought they were wrong in some way in their quest to receive a spicy chicken sandwich. So let's, uh, let's move on to our, our scripture for today. And that's going to come to Matthew 26, starting in verse 6. Going to turn there with me. Matthew 26 and 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. And when his disciples saw it, they had the injustice saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And when Jesus understood, he said to them, Why trouble thy woman? For she sake wrought a good work upon me. For ye will always have the poor with you, but me ye have not always. For in she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall be this, and this woman hath done. Be told for a memorial of her. And if uh, you want to switch over to um, John 12, 1 and 8, this is the, uh, another account of the same story. And we actually know who this woman is. Then, six, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus, which had been dead, when he raised from the dead, there he made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and surely wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why not was this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and, and bare what was therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the days of my burial she has kept this. For the poor always have been with you, but for me have not always. All right, so have you ever been questioned about the uh the gifts that you give or maybe just how you spend your money in general you know uh we might question if we uh if you gave a expensive gift to your wife or maybe to your children you know people might say well you know can you really be affording to do that you know, oftentimes when you you pull up in a brand new to you vehicle, people might say, you know, it sure must be nice. You know, they, they don't say it in a very thanking attitude, not a very um, pleasuring, but more of a sarcastic way that you know that you know you're you're not doing something properly, or maybe out of a sin of, of jealousy or something like that. People are always questioning our motives and what we're doing. And that's exactly what happened here. We see that the, uh, they thought that this could be used for something else. This could have been sold, given to the poor. And one of the uh, uh, apostles, he had his own agenda because he could have benefited from it directly, if it had been sold, because he was filtering money into his own pocket from this ministry. But we always look and see, you know, and we're talking about about giving. And here was this person that was giving to Jesus, to giving to God here on earth, and her motives was questioned. Oftentimes when people are in a, a financial hardship, one of the first things that someone will point out is, well, why are you giving your money to the church? Why are you still paying your tithes when you can't pay your bills? It's because we don't understand what it means to truly give to God. Let's go back to uh, Matthew. Give me just a second because I took my my cheater out of my Bible. Let's go back to Matthew and I want to look at something. 26. 26. I don't know why the pages always stick together when you're standing up here. Alright, so in 13, 26 and 13 Verily I say unto you that wheresoever the gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also be that this woman has done, for be told a memorial for her. You know, she could have done anything with this expensive ointment that she had, this this perfume, she could have kept it for herself. She could have used it a little day by day, and eventually it would have been gone. She could have sold it, took the money, given it to the poor, and that would have fed a few people for a little while, and then it would have been gone. But the thing is, when you give to God... That is an eternal giving that continues to bless from that moment on. We see here that wherever the gospel will be preached in the whole world, that this woman will be made known. Proof in point all these thousands of years later, we are standing here and we are talking about what this woman did right here today in December of 2019. We are still talking about this woman's giving. See, because God, he, he doesn't need anything that we have. He doesn't even need us. He chooses to use us. If I was to walk off the stage, walk down the hall, and never come back again, he will find someone else to take my place. And probably someone that could do a better job. He is the creator of everything, of heaven and earth. He doesn't require anything. You know, we think about this time of year. Jesus sitting at the right hand of God the Father up in heaven. Heaven, a place that we are all striving to want to be there one day. Because it is so grand. So perfect, a place without pain, a place without tears, a place without sorrow, a place with the presence of God that is filled with love and light. Heaven is so grand, it's so great that we don't have a lot of information about it in the word of God. And I believe that's because I don't think that our minds can truly take in how grand it is. And another reason I believe that is, is because if we truly knew how great it was, we would not want to wait till this life is over. Jesus was in heaven, and he made a choice. To come and live a life here on earth, just like us, and experience everything that we go through and more. And I say more because we experience the effects of sin on us. We experience what sin has done to us. Jesus had to experience the sin of every person. The ones of the past, the ones of the present, and the ones that haven't even happened yet. Jesus had to endure it all. he couldn't be like us. He couldn't fail like all of us do. Failure was not an option. He had to remain without sin. And we see what a great weight that was when he prayed to his father. Blood popping out of his pores asking him if there's any other way we just have to deal with our own sin our own persecution our own choices so many times we we see things and uh I was in the dollar store the other day, and they have all these displays up and little things, last-minute gift ideas. And I was looking at that, and the little things, of course, are cheap. They only cost a dollar, but they're, they're nothing more than, they call it a, a stocking stuffer. And that's just what it is. It's just stuff. It's just filling up a space, You know, every kid experiences whenever they they open up their Christmases on Christmas morning. There's, you know, the the good stuff. Some of the things that they really wanted are really excited about. But also too, they might find in the brightly covered paper a pack of underwear, a pack of socks, some clothes. You know, things that we need are not necessarily things that we want, but before you rip into it, you have that big massive display. It gives more substance. It gives more to look at. You're The illusion that you're getting more. Because we're a society that wants more and more and more. We want and we want and we want. And most of the stuff we really don't need. It doesn't really enhance our lives. It doesn't really enhance the lives of others. It's just stuff. And no matter what it is, no matter how expensive it is, no matter what it does, eventually it will become obsolete. Technology, the state of the art today, will be useless tomorrow. It's amazing that... The modern smartphone has more computing power than the computers that sent man to the moon so many years ago. They're now obsolete. Even that fancy diamond tissue bracelet can break if you catch it just right. The most expensive car The most state of the art starts to depreciate the moment you drive it off the lot. Things are always advancing, and stuff is always being left behind. We talk about giving out of obligation. Where do we find ourselves when we are giving to God? Are we doing just enough? Just what we think will get us by? And the question is: Is why are we giving to something that is, is faceless? Do we we know where it goes? You know, um, I believe God's got me on a path of this teaching that we're working on right now. And there's the end result that we're going to get to. We'll really start seeing these things work in a very practical way. And if we put these principles in place, I believe that we're going to start seeing some massive changes in our lives. We're going to see things improve and get better because we're going to start accessing the kingdom of God. And I would love to be able to jump to that point and start working on these things. But we have to do these things in sequence. And we have to start laying the foundation down and make sure it's strong. So when we start getting to the more technical stuff, we'll know what we're doing. Think about the karate kid. We're not ready for the tournament yet. Right now we're still waxing cars. Wax on. Wax off. But we're going to get there. and there's so many things that we can we can give with purpose we can say god i'm sowing this into your kingdom and i need it for this we have to have faith it's not about what god needs is what about is what God is showing us through our giving? He doesn't need anything that we're going to give him, but we need to give to him. It is for our benefit. There's so many things that He wants to show us, but we have to be open to receive it. This lady Mary, she had just been through an ordeal. Her brother laid in the grave. And this man called Jesus, God here on earth, she felt let down. And then yet, in his time. Not her time, but his time. He came through. And he restored everything just the way that she needed it. She saw the greatness of God. And she felt gratitude. And also, through everything that she had learned from him, And also through this ordeal, let me say that again through this ordeal, it was so much more for her to be able to see this resurrection, to see this grand power, to see how weak she was and then in return to see how weak all of us are we talked about it when we talked about these three people a week or so ago the Lazaruses in our lives how weak that we get that when things start to go amiss how we just give up we throw our hands up in the air because we don't see a way we think everything is done and we give up on God we forget That he has the power to do anything, and we give up. We see here a renewing of faith, and we see her giving to God. And see, God wants us to give for us. And that is what he's teaching here. She was giving from a good place. She was giving from the heart. She was anointing him for his burial, for what he was about to do. She was anointing him for gratitude of what he had already done. She was giving cheerfully and joyfully without question, without want, without expecting nothing in return. And what does God do? God says, this woman will be remembered for this everywhere in the whole world that the gospel is preached. God takes our little bit to him 300 pence of some liquid in a box is nothing is nothing. God created every element that went into that And he gave man the knowledge to put it together. It is God's. But when a person with a giving, joyful heart gives to God, then God can take that and he can multiply it where it lasts through eternity. No one is going to remember a gift you gave on Christmas of 1963. No one is going to remember the scarf that you gave on Christmas of 1984. The kids are not going to remember the toys they got five years ago. They're probably not even going to be around because they're going to be broken or discarded, sold in a garage sale. Things doesn't last. But when we give to God, that will be remembered. God will remember that. So, as we go into this Holiday season, and we're thinking about gifts. Gifts are more than just things. Sometimes a kind word, some reinsurance, can last a lifetime. I've had things come and go. But they are things that are etched on my heart that will always be with me. We don't always have to buy things. We can do things. We can say things. We can be a whole lot more special to people than a price tag. People don't like to hear messages about giving. They think it's just about getting money. And yes, the church has to survive. People have to survive. But God has so much more than that. The church running is a byproduct of this blessing. The blessing comes from the actual act. we got to start changing the way we think and the way we do and start thinking about how Jesus sees things. This whole group of people were so shocked at what this woman had done, how she just wasted this stuff and Jesus set the record straight. It's time for all of us to start setting the record straight. God with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity once again to get into your word, Father. We thank you for this this story, Father, that we're talking about today and how it has been true to your word, Father, and still lasts the test of time, Father. And we're still talking about this event today. Father, we asked for a change of heart, Father, and how we see this time of year how we see giving, Father, and especially how we see giving to you. Father, we ask that we can express ourselves more and be more generous, Father, in every way, with our finances, with our time, Father, with our abilities, Father, that we'll start being more. That we can stop being so selfish, Father. Stop worrying so much about what people think about us. And start worrying about what you think about us, Father. The one true person that matters the most. And we thank you for this, Father. We thank you for everything that you've done. We thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. And we thank you for his sacrifice that he made for us, Father. That he didn't have to do. That you didn't have to do, Father. But you did because you love us, Father. We thank you so much for that love. We ask you now, Father, if anyone that's hearing my voice today, Father, that has anything that needs to be taken care of, Father, that any situation that's left undone, that they will not wait another moment more, that they will lay it down to your feet, Father. That way they will accept the greatest gift of all, Father, which is the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, Father. We thank you for this. Now it's in the name of your Son. Amen face 370 <laughs>